and this is this is an exciting night because uh, a few months ago, uh, me, Tim, and Megan were just talking about just doing something a little bit different on some Wednesdays, um, and then you guys turned up and you brought people with you, and so we are so excited to be sort of joining joining forces on some Wednesdays in uh, the near future as well. So um, I want to talk to you tonight about the pursuit of happiness. If you really think about it, every single thing, most things that you and I do, um, we do with happiness in mind. And we do it because we're trying to make ourselves happy. If you ask your friends, uh, what's the point of life? I think many would say to be happy or to find fulfillment or to find satisfaction, something along those lines. And I think what's interesting is I think even a lot of Christians would even uh, say the same thing. They would say, yeah, the point of life is to be happy or to be satisfied or to, to find satisfaction in, um, in life. So happiness drives our decisions most of the time. So um, I want you to think about uh, the last time your family planned a road trip. So the last time my family planned a long, we planned a long road trip to Colorado about a year ago. And uh, what that means is um, the kids get to watch movies, uh, my wife gets to take a nap, and that Dave gets to drive. That's how it's going to go in my family usually. So, um, so when we go on a trip, uh, it used to be that you get out a map and you have to map out like how you're going to get there, right? Well, of course, today we have these little things, little phones, and they have the GPS, and so... Um, Nobody ever gets lost anymore, except if you get lost today, there's just something wrong with you, right? Like, you, you got this. Like, this gets you where you need to go. So, um, when you go on a long road trip, your, your parents kind of map out the final destination. They start with the final destination, and they, they plug in a GPS, and then it's, they hit navigate, and it's time to go. And so, I want you to think for a minute. Uh, think of your life like a map, Right? And happiness is the final destination. And all your decisions, here's how we live life most of the time. All your little decisions as you walk through your day and through your weeks and, and through your years are like the right and left turns to get you to happiness. This is how most of us live. We see happiness as the ultimate goal. And so every little thing you do in life, you're trying to find your way towards happiness. But here's the problem, though. Most of the time we pick the wrong map. We pick faulty maps, or we pick, or we don't read the map correctly. And so this next video is kind of an example of what I'm trying to get at here. Why don't you watch this next video? Proceed to the highlighted route. Then route guidance will begin. When you use that thing, let's them know where you are at all times. Whew. The government, spy satellites, private detectives, ex-girlfriends. Make the next right turn. How do they know? How does this know where to turn? That's very impressive. Proceed straight. Well, we're 0 for 6. Last chance is the Elmhurst Country Club. Other side of the lake on the southeast side. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I thought this would work. Through everything I had of that guy, nothing. That's how it goes sometimes, you know? You lose everything. 
everything falls apart and eventually you die and no one remembers you. That is a very good point to make. Make a right turn. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 look. It, it means go up to the right, bear right, over the bridge, and hook up with 307. Make a right Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's look, a lake right there. It knows where it is going. This is the, the lake. machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. No, it's not yelling. There's no lake. Here. Remain calm. I have trained for this. Okay. Stop yelling at me. So sometimes, so sometimes what happens is, is you pick the wrong map or you just read the map wrong like you did there. And, uh, but there, there's, some, there's some ways that we do this, though. There's some ways that you and I, we can see danger right in front of us. And everyone's telling us, like, no, 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 no. We're like, no, no, I'm going this way. This is the way I'm heading. So you and I do this, I think, even spiritually in our own lives. We, we can see something right in front of us that's going to destroy us, and yet we... We still head in that direction. We choose the wrong map sometimes. This guy on the screen, next picture on the screen, is a guy named uh, George DeLong. And there's a reason why you never heard of him, because he was a failure. You've heard of Christopher Columbus, right? He was successful because he discovered where, kind of where we are right now. But that was by accident, so he was accidentally successful, Right? But George DeLong, you don't hear about the, the, the guys that were on expeditions that actually failed. So this is a guy named George DeLong. He, he wasn't successful. Here's what happened. In the late 1800s, people had these false beliefs about the North Pole. And it wasn't like your false belief about Santa and all that. It was a different kind of false belief. Um, no one had actually been to the North Pole at that point, so they didn't know what was actually there. And so there are all these beliefs. Scientists... So-called scientists actually believe there was a warm, shallow sea at the North Pole. And if they could just, they knew there was ice around, but they believed there was this ring of ice, and they believe in the middle of that there was somehow this warm, open, shallow sea. And if they could just get through the ice, they could have this like, kind of like paradise place. It's crazy to think how they thought this was true, but this is what they thought. So there were these scientists and map makers that believed this lie, and there was this one guy named George DeLong, and he decided to go test it out and, and take an expedition and try to figure out if he could get through the ice. And so in 1879, he and some men get on a ship, and they try to break through the ice and sail to the North Pole. Long story short, they did not make it. And many of them actually died in this expedition. So they believed a lie... They followed a map to get there, but it led to their destruction in the end. Now, there's a quote I want to read you uh, by a guy named J James K.A. Smith. He says this. He says, our culture often sells us faulty, fantastical maps of the good life that paint alluring pictures that draw us toward them. All too often, we stake the expedition of our lives on them, setting sail toward them with every sheet hoisted, and we do so without thinking about it because these maps work on our imagination. What he's saying is that our world, the world that we live in, tries to sell us these faulty maps, and we buy into the lie, and it leads to our destruction. 
We don't make our decisions based on what's true. We make our decisions based on what we want to be true. And you and I do this all the time. So we choose the wrong map, and our life ends up basically shipwrecked. So there's um, three kinds of maps I want to show you that we choose that are faulty maps. And the, I'm going to talk about a celebrity about each, for each one. So the first one is a lady named uh, Rhonda Rousey. And if you don't know who she is, she could beat up anybody in this room. She's one of those UFC fighters. And in 2015, she was at the top of the UFC world on the female side. And she'd won like 12 straight matches in the first round. She had this crazy, what they call like some arm bar move that she would do. I don't even understand how it works, but um, she would take people out in the first round. And she had a movie deal coming, and she was just like this celebrity status. And then in one moment, it all just blows up because she loses one match to this girl named Holly Holm. And after the, after the defeat, her only defeat, she said this quote. Read this. Honestly, my thought in the medical room, I was sitting in the corner and was like, that's what they say, what am I anymore if I'm not this? In that exact second, I'm like, I'm nothing. What do I do anymore? So she loses one fight, and she, it's like her world just comes crashing down around her. But I want to focus in on this one thing she says. She says, what am I anymore if I'm not this? Because I want to ask um, you that same question. What is the one thing in your life or about yourself that if you didn't have it, it would feel like your world just imploded? I think we all need to ask that question, what am I anymore if I'm not this? Whatever that thing is for you. For her, it was fighting this, this, um, this status that she had. For me, when I was in um, high school, it actually began when I was in junior high. I went to this small school, and if you were a decent athlete, you could you know, play on certain teams and stuff and, and be a decent player on those teams. And I was okay. I was decent at soccer. And so in my school, soccer was really big. And I noticed when I was in junior high, I noticed that the, the soccer players would get all this, like, notoriety. And they would, after a game, they'd come on the, the loudspeaker and say, you know, yesterday at the game, so-and-so had this many goals, and this person had this many assists. And your name would get read across this, on this loudspeaker. And I saw people that were high schoolers getting this notoriety. And I thought, Man, I want I want to I want to be that I want to be that kind of person. So what I did was I began working really hard and trying to practice and get really as good as I can. And then um, when I got into high school, I was one of those players that was considered one of the better players in my school, even though it was a small school. And and so here the the notoriety starts coming my way. And I'll tell you that if something had taken away that identity when I was in high school my world would have been crushed. I would have been crushed. It was, my, it was my identity. It was my life. And so what is the one thing about you or about your life that it was taken away, you would just feel completely devastated? The map that I want to talk about here is the faulty map is the map of status. This is what Ronda Rousey was dealing with. It's what I was dealing with and still deal with to this day. It's what many of you deal with 
here in this room. And here's what happens with these maps we're going to talk about. Some people who've been around longer and recognize that, you know, status isn't really the way to go, um, they just pick a different map. And they just reject the map of status, and they decide to adopt a different map that's also faulty. One example of this is um, this lady on the screen up here. Do you guys know who that is? I don't know if you know who that is. She's old. She's old. An adult. Tell them who it is. Madonna. I heard some kids are like, Madonna. Like, no one listens to her anymore, right? So, but she's lived some life. Madonna has lived some life, and she's recognized this whole status map doesn't quite work out. So she opts for a different map altogether. Read this next quote by Madonna. She says, people get obsessed by the idea of fame and being acknowledged by people and having approval and all these things for any number of mostly unhealthy reasons. So if you do start to better yourself, you have to figure that one out. Why? Like, why are you doing this for yourself, right? What is it that I'm looking for ultimately, and what is it that I want, and why am I here? So she has kind of rejected the whole status map, and now she's adopted a different kind of map, and we're going to call that satisfaction. She is looking for this personal satisfaction, like I, I need to live for me and, and, and find satisfaction in what I'm doing and in my work. So Ronda Rousey's living for status. Madonna rejects that, and she just adopts a different map, and she's living for personal satisfaction. Now this next celebrity, I think you do recognize... I heard, hang on, hang on. The first thing I heard, shh, the first thing I heard, though, his picture on the screen, I heard some girls are like, eh, Tom Brady. And then the guys are like, boo. So let's just talk about Tom Brady for a minute, okay? I, I got, before I get into this, this map deal for him, but I want to, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, so... Don't you love watching Tom Brady get angry in a game? It's the funniest thing. Listen, listen. When Tom Brady gets angry, it's, it's the funniest thing to me because he's like, this, he's like this pretty boy, right? And yet he's angry, and he's like spewing venom all over his teammates. And all I would say, if I was one, listen, if I was one of his, one of his offensive linemen and he was yelling at me during a game, I'd be like, I would look at him in the eye and be like, uh, dude, you're an underwear model. All right? Like, you know those bad, you've seen those bad lip reading videos? So whenever, whenever Tom Brady is yelling at his teammates and he just, he's like, Rah! I just picture him saying something like, who stole my underwear? Who stole my underwear? Like, that's what I picture him saying when he, he gets all angry and, and crazy and stuff. So Tom Brady, so Tom Brady, winner of now five Super Bowls. He's, he's won as many Super Bowls. He's won as many Super Bowls in his sort of long career as the Cowboys have won in their entire history. Okay? Hey, it's not a slate. I'm just pointing that out. But listen, here's, here's a quote. Listen, here's a quote by Tom Brady. He said, 
This was after he had won his just third championship, not his fifth, but his third. He said, why do I have three championships and still think there's something great out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it's all about. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be all it's cracked up to be. So I want to stop right there for a second. You just, he was like 24 when he won his first championship, right? And did you hear, just listen, did you hear what he just said in that quote? He said he, he had all this fame and all this notoriety, all this success early in his career. And so here's what he acknowledges, just three championships in, he acknowledges that um, this can't be it, right? Like, there's got to be more to life than this. And I'm over here going, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. And then here's, look at his next quote. He says this, I love playing football and I love being quarterback, but at the same time, I think there are a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. There's times when I'm not the person I want to be. So here's the map, the faulty map that Tom Brady, I think, has chosen. It's a map of self. And I think all of us can admit that these three different faulty maps tend to drive our decisions. And I think all of us have this desire to be significant or to leave our mark and have people know who we are. In fact, there's a... Um, a little concrete slab behind my house. And it was poured there, I guess, back in 1998 because there's a name. It says Chase. It says July 29th, 1998. There's a name in it. I have no idea who Chase is. Now, how many of you guys have written your name on something like that? You've written just like, so-and-so was here. Or you've written your name somewhere. Number one... I don't know why people do that when they go in restroom stalls. I'm like, who brings a pen in there? Like, it's not something that people do. But some people do that. But listen, listen. It's a simple example, but here's the reality. People do this. We all have this desire to, like, leave a mark on the world that we're a part of, and, and we want to be significant and, and have people know who we are. And so in pursuing happiness, I think you and I, we tend to uh, choose these faulty maps. The Bible actually addresses this. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And I think some, listen, listen, I think some of you might be in this place right now where you're, without even knowing it, you're in this place of adopting the things I'm talking about, and in the end, this leads to spiritual death. It leads to spiritual death. And there's a pathway that seems right to you, and, and all your friends are buying into it, and you're buying into it, and it looks attractive, and everyone's saying, yeah, this makes sense. This is who you are. This is how you must live. And yet, the Bible says that way that seems right to a man actually leads to death and destruction. All these pathways seem so right. But here's what might also happen to you. Is that you spend half your life chasing after one of those maps, status, self, or satisfaction, and then you realize that it's a dead end. 
And now you're like 35 or 40. And now you just go and adopt a different map, trying to find satisfaction and happiness in something else. And it's just going to lead to spiritual death. So how do we choose a better map? Look at Psalm 37, chapter, uh, verse 4. It says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You and I have to see God, have to see Jesus as the final destination, not your happiness and not status, not satisfaction, and not self. And when you and I find our delight in him, this is when our heart begins to desire what he desires. The point of this verse is not just use Jesus to get stuff. Delight yourself in God so that you can get what you want. The point of this verse is delight in God and then your desires are going to match him, match his. And notice it doesn't say find yourself. That's a big popular expression today. You know, I need to go find myself. I'm going to go and take some time and go find myself. This verse says, delight yourself in another person, in Jesus, in God. We find joy in the person of Jesus, not in the things that he gives us. Another lie in our culture is, you know, follow your heart. You just need to follow your heart. Well, Jeremiah says the heart's deceitful. Apart from Jesus, my heart and your heart is deceitful. And so you can only follow your heart when your heart is following after Jesus. Right? And so here's the, the real issue. Most of us are, we see happiness as the final destination. We're pursuing happiness. But God has greater things for you. He wants you to pursue him and actually find joy, not just superficial, surface-level happiness. And that's only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a guy named Trevin Wax who says this quote. He says, salvation doesn't come from mustering up your willpower and making your mark on the world, but in recognizing your dependence on God and receiving the mark he made on the world in the person of Jesus Christ. So I want that just to sink in for a second. The point of your life is not for you to make a mark and be significant and be somebody. The point of your life is to receive the mark that Jesus wants to put on your life. And when you allow him to do that for you, then you can truly make a mark, but the mark you're leaving on the world is not going to be about you. It's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be about his glory and honor and not your own glory and honor. And so I'm going to ask Christian to join me up here on stage again. Come on up, Christian. Which, by the way, he did an amazing job. And here's what I want to do tonight. I'm going to ask him just to, he's just going to kind of play for a little bit up here. And what I want to have you all do um, is I want to have you stand up and try to be still 
And I want you to be prayerful. Not be picking on somebody. Not be messing with somebody. But I want you to just be, sit there. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to just be thinking about what are the ways in which your life, even right now, is kind of heading off in a destructive path away from God. And I want you to think about the ways in which that's happening right now in your life. And make tonight a time of repentance and a turning towards God. For some of you, it might be for the first time in your life. Maybe you've come here tonight with a friend. Maybe you have really no idea what even following Jesus looks like, but you just feel him kind of pulling you towards him, and you feel your heart drawn to him. And so for just a few minutes, I want you just to kind of sit, and just everyone just close your eyes and just focus. Pray. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask our leaders to sort of spread out at the back of the room and all around the outsides, I guess the sides of the rooms as well, and just be available for a few minutes. And what I'm going to ask you all to do is just to sit and reflect and pray and think about the ways 